to Righteous Man's Refuge by John Flavo. Opening that glorious attribute of divine wisdom as a second chamber of security to the saints in difficult times. The next chamber of divine protection, in which I shall lead you, is the infinite wisdom of God. I call it the next because I so find a place in Scripture, Job 36, verse 5. He is mighty in power and wisdom. Daniel 2.20, wisdom and might are his. This attribute may be fitly called the council chamber of heaven, where all things are contrived in the deepest wisdom, which are afterwards wrought in the world by power. Ephesians 1, verse 11, he works all things after the counsel of his own will. Counsel in the creature implies weakness and defect. We are not able at one thought to fathom the depth of a business and therefore must deliberate and spend many thoughts about it. And when we have spent all of our thoughts, we are oft times at a loss and must borrow help and ask counsel of others. But in God it knows the perfection of his understanding. For as those acts of the creature, which are the results of deliberation and counsel, are the height and top of all rational contrivement, so in its accommodation to God, it notes the excellent results of his infinite and most perfect understanding. Now this wisdom of God is to be considered either absolutely or relatively. First, absolutely in itself, and so it is, that in which he most perfectly and exactly knows himself and all things without himself, ordering and disposing them in the most convenient manner to the glory of his own name. Wisdom comprehends two things, knowledge of the nature of things, which in the creature is called science, knowledge how to govern, order, and dispose them, which in the creature is called prudence, these things in a manner but faint shadows of that which is in God, in the most absolute perfection he fully knows himself, for his understanding is infinite, Psalm 147 verse 5. And the thoughts he thinks towards us, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And as he perfectly understands himself, so likewise all things that are without himself, Acts 15, verse 18. Known unto God are all of his works from the beginning of the world, together with all the secret designs, thoughts, and purposes which lie hid from all others in the inmost recesses of men's hearts, Psalm 139, verse 2. As he perfectly knows all things, so he fully understands how to govern and direct them to the best end, even the exalting of his own praise. For of him and through him and to him are all things. Of him, as the efficient cause. Through him, as a conserving cause. And to him, as a final cause. And in this wise disposition of all things, he has a gracious respect to the good of his chosen, Romans 8, verse 28. All things shall work together for good to them that love God. More particularly, the wisdom of God is to be considered by us and its excellent properties, among which these four following are eminently conspicuous, as it is the original, the essential, the perfect, and the only wisdom. Number one. The wisdom of God and the original wisdom from which all the wisdom found in angels or men is derived, and into that fountain we are directed to go for supplies of wisdom, James 1 verse 5. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask it of God. There is indeed a spirit in man, but it is the inspiration of the Almighty that gives understanding, Job 32 verse 8. 
The natural faculty is ours, but the illumination of it is God's. The understanding of the creature is a dial which signifies nothing until the sun shines upon it. God's wisdom is essential wisdom. Wisdom in the creature is but a quality separable from the subject, but in God it is his nature, his very essence. He can as soon cease to be God as to be most wise. Number three, the wisdom of God is perfect wisdom full of itself, and exclusive its its contrary. The wisest of men are not wise at all times. The greatest wits are not without some mixture of madness. It is a high attainment in human wisdom to understand our own weakness and folly. The deepest heads are but shallows, but the wisdom of God is an unsearchable depth. Romans 11 verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. To conclude, the wisdom of God is the only wisdom. There is no wisdom without him, none against him. He is the only wise God, Jude, verse 25. But secondly, the wisdom of God must be considered relatively in that in a double respect. First, to his promises. Next, to his providences. Let us view it in its relation to the promises of God, where you shall find it made over by God to his people for a number of excellent uses and purposes in times of distress and danger. As, first, it was made over to them in promises for their direction and guidance when they know not what to do or which way to take. So Psalm 25 verse 9, The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. And Isaiah 58, verse 11, The Lord shall guide you continually. In Psalm 33, verse 8, I will guide you with mine eye. And with this, the psalmist encourages himself. Psalm 73, verse 24, Thou shalt guide me with your counsel, and afterwards receive me to glory. Oh, what an invaluable mercy is this! We would make shipwreck both of our temporal and eternal mercies quickly were it not for the guidance of divine wisdom. But secondly, to extricate them when involved in difficulties, so Second Peter 2 verse 9, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. They know not how, but their God does. They are often at a loss, but he is never. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. Number three, to overrule and order all their troubles to their good and real advantage. So runs that most comprehensive promise, Romans 8, verse 28, All things shall work together for good to them that love God. In a faith in which Paul concludes, Philippians 1 verse 19, even this shall work for his salvation. Thus the people of God were sent into captivity for their good, Jeremiah 24 verse 8. And Joseph, into Egypt, Genesis 1 verse 20, you thought evil against me, but God meant it to good, to bring to pass as at this day, to save much people alive. 
Let us view the wisdom of God in its relation to his providences, for there it shines forth eminently, Ezekiel 1, verse 18. The wills were full of eyes. The motions and providential revolutions in this lower world are very judicious and advise motions. It has an end and design which no man understands until it opens itself in the event of them. The enemies of the church are oft-times men of the finest brains and deepest policies. Herod a fox for subtlety, Luke 13, verse 32. Julian the apostate and Ahithophel with many others who have digged as deep as hell in their counsels and laid their designs so sure that they doubted not to be masters of it. Yet their hands could not perform their enterprise. The wisdom of providence has still befooled them and baffled the cunningest headpieces that ever undertook any design against the church as fast as ever they arose. And here the wisdom of providence is remarkable in three things especially. First, in revealing and discovering the secret conspiracies and counsels of the church's enemies and thereby frustrating their designs. Genesis 27 verses 41 and 42. Providence, as one calls it, is a bird of the air that carries tidings and whistles deeds of darkness, Job 12.22. He discovers deep things out of darkness and brings out to light the shadow of death. And this God has done both immediately and immediately. Immediately in Second Kings 6.11, what counsel soever the king of Syria took in his bedchamber was still discovered by the word to the prophet. So true is that in Job 34, verse 22, There is no darkness, nor shadow of death, where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. Thus the design of Herod is revealed to Joseph in a dream. Commonly, God does it by means, as by giving knowledge of it to some that are under obligations of duty or affection to reveal it to those that are concerned in the danger. So Paul's sister's son, Acts 23, verse 16, revealed a conspiracy against his life, and so the plot miscarried by revealing it before it was ripe for execution. Number two, by the failure of some circumstance, the whole is brought to light. There be many fine threads upon which the designs of politicians hang. If one break, the whole design is unraveled. Thus, the wisdom of God sometimes prevents his people's ruin by taking away the speech of the trusty from him and making their own tongues to fall upon themselves. Number three, by their own confession, so Psalm 64, verses 5 to 8, where you have the plot laid. Verse 5, they encourage themselves in an evil manner. Commune of Elaine's snares privately, they say, who shall see them? The deep contrivance of it, verse 6, they search out iniquity. They accomplish a diligent search, both the inward thought of every one of them and the heart is deep. Their plot is destroyed, verse 7, but God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded. The method or way of providence in destroying it, verse 8, so they shall make their own tongue to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall fly away. Thus, as the wisdom of our God wrought for us this day, beyond all the thoughts of our hearts, and oh, that it might make such impressions upon all our hearts, as follow in verses 9 and 10, all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory.
Secondly, the wisdom of God discovers itself in behalf of that people who are his own, in averting the danger from them, and putting by the deadly thrusts their enemies make at them. Thus it spoils her game by an unforeseen rub in the green, and that especially three ways. Number one, by making their counsels to jar among themselves, in which jars is the sweetest harmony of providence. Thus the counsel of Ahithophel jars with the counsel of Hushai, Second Samuel 17, verses 5 and 7, by which means David escaped. The Pharisees clashed with the Sadducees, Acts 23, verse 7, and by that means Paul escaped. Number two, by cutting out other work and starting some new design which puts them as a fresh scent, does a dog, to a loss. Thus the people of God in Jerusalem were delivered by a diversion, Second Kings 19, verse 7. Behold, I will send a blast upon him, and he shall hear a rumor, and shall return to his own land. And I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. So Rabshakeh returned. By this means also was David delivered from the hand of Saul, 1 Samuel 23, verse 27. And in this method of providence that scripture is often fulfilled in Proverbs 21, verse 18, the wicked shall be a ransom for the righteous and the transgressor for the upright. Number three, by cutting off the capital enemies of his church, by whose seasonable destruction they are delivered. Thus fell Julian, that bitter enemy of the Christians, when he was preparing to put his last and most bloody design against them in execution. And thus fell Haman, Nero, and many more in the very height and heat of their designs against the church. Number four, the wisdom of God gloriously displays itself in causing the designs of the wicked, like a surcharged gun, to recoil upon and destroy themselves. It often falls out with the undermining enemies of the church, as it sometimes does with them that dig deep mines in the earth, who are destroyed and buried in their own works. Psalm nine, fifteen, and 16. The heathen are sunk down in a pit that they made, in a net which they hid is their own feet taken. The Lord is known by the judgments which he executes. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. There is a double mercy in this providence. One, in delivering the saints from the danger, the other, in causing it to fall upon the contrivers, and is therefore celebrated with a double note of attention. In these observable strokes, the righteousness of God shines forth in repaying his people enemies in their own coin. Thus Haman did eat the first fruits of that tree which his own hands planted, and thus Jerusalem becomes a burdensome stone to all that burden themselves with it. Zechariah 12.3 Number four, admire and adore the wisdom of your God and those great and unexpected advantages which arise to you out of those very dangers and designs of your enemies that threaten your ruin. The hands of your very enemies are sometimes made the instruments of your advancement and enlargement. Your persecutions become your privileges. The motto of the palm tree fitly becomes yours. Suppressa resurgo. In three things, the wisdom of God makes advantage out of your troubles, in fortifying your souls and bodies with suitable strength. When any imminent trial is intended for you, so it was with the apostles in Second Corinthians 1, verse 5. As the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation by Christ 
God lays in suitably to what men lay on mercilessly. Christ would not draw the poor timorous disciples out of Jerusalem to hard encounters until first he had endued them with power from on high. Luke 24, verse 49. The wisdom of your God can and often does make your very troubles and sufferings instead of so many ordinances to strengthen your faith and fortify your patience. So the heads of Leviathan become meat to his people inhabiting the wilderness. Psalm 74, verse 14. And so the plots of Balak and Baalim were designed by God to be a sustaining instructing ordinance for the encouragement of his people's faith and future difficulties. Micah 6, verse 5. O oh, my people, remember now what Balak king of Moab consulted and what Balaam the son of Eor answered him from Shittim unto Galgal, that you may know the righteousness of the Lord. You cannot but remember how those your enemies courted me with multitudes of offerings to deliver you up into their hands, and how faithfully I stood by you in all those dangers. That plot discovered at once the policy of your enemies and the righteousness of your God. His wisdom is also discovered to your advantage in permitting your dangers to grow to an extremity on purpose to magnify his goodness and increase your comfort and your deliverance from it. Psalm 126, verse 1. When the Lord turned our captivity, we were as them that dreamed. Proportionable to the greatness of your dangers will your joys be. Section 3. Well then, if the wisdom of God shines forth so gloriously in the times of his people's trouble, be persuaded by faith to enter into this chamber also, it is a chamber where a believing soul may enjoy the sweetest rest and quietness in the most hurrying and distracting times. Shut the door behind you and improve this attribute to your best advantage. Enter this chamber by faith. Believe firmly that the management of all the affairs of this world, whether public or personal, is in the hands of your all-wise God. More particularly, exercise your faith about the wisdom of God in these things. Believe that the wisdom of God can contrive and order the way of your escape and deliverance when all doors of hope are shut up to sense and reason. We know not what to do, said good Jehoshaphat, but our eyes are to you, Lord. Though I am at a loss and see no way of escape, you are never at a loss. The Lord, saith Peter, knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Divine wisdom has infinite methods and ways of deliverance unknown to man, till they are open in the event. Believe that the wisdom of God can turn your greatest troubles and fears into the choicest blessings and mercies to you. I know, saith Paul, that this shall turn to my salvation, Philippians 1 verse 19, meaning his bonds and sufferings for Christ. Divine wisdom can give you honey out of the carcass of the lion. Cause you to part with those afflictions, admiring and blessing God for them, which you met with fear and trembling, as suspecting your destruction was imported in them. Number three, in consideration of both these, resign up yourselves to the wisdom of God, and don't lean to your own understandings. Commit your way unto the Lord, and your thoughts shall be established. When Melanchthon was oppressed with cares and doubts about the distracting affairs of the church in his time, 
Luther thus chides him out of his despondency. Do not thou presume to be the governor of the world, but leave the reins of government in the hands of him that made it, and best knows how to rule it. Let God alone choose your lot and portion, to order your condition and manage all your affairs. And let your soul take its rest in this quiet chamber of divine wisdom. But then secondly, be sure to shut your door behind you, and beware lest unbelief, anxieties, fears, and doubts creep in after you to disturb your rest and shake your faith in this point. You are apt in two cases to be stumbled in this manner. First, when subtle and cunning enemies are engaged against us. This is David's case, Second Samuel 15, verse 31. One told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray you, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. When he heard Ahithophel was with the conspirators, it greatly puzzled him. Though a whole conclave of politicians be against us, yet if God is with us, let us not fear. Number two, when our own reason intrudes too far and offers its dictates too boldly in the case, we are apt to say in the arrogancy of our own reason, we cannot be delivered, but oh, that we would learn to resign it up to the wisdom of God. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly. When the question was asked to prophet Ezekiel 37, verse 3, Can these dry bones live? He answers, Lord, you know. That is excellent counsel. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Number three, improve the wisdom of God for yourselves in all difficult and distressful cases. Beg of God to exercise this wisdom for you when enemies conspire against you. So did David in Second Samuel 15, verse 31. Lord, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Oh, it is the noblest and surest way to vanquish an enemy. It was but asked for, and it was done. Comfort yourselves with this whenever you are at a loss in your own thoughts and know not what to do. Then commit all to divine conduct. Let God steer for you in a storm. He loves to be trusted. Psalm 37 verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Number three, encourage yourselves from this when the church is in the greatest danger and most sorely shaken. Oh, that is a blessed promise. Zechariah 3 verse 9. Upon one stone shall be seven eyes, meaning Christ and the church built on him as the chief cornerstone. The seven eyes are the seven eyes of providence, which are never asleep.